Before we begin the message, I've been asked by Paul to make a few comments regarding the extraordinary events of this past week. And, of course, I'm talking about this past Tuesday where a black man named Alton Sterling was shot during a confrontation with two police officers outside of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And then a day later, on Wednesday, a Minnesota police officer fatally shot a man named Philando Castile. In his car with him was his girlfriend and her four-year-old daughter in the back seat. These are only the most recent incidents. These are certainly not the only incidents. And then on Friday, in Dallas, a sniper ambushed and killed five different police officers and wounded another seven. I don't think I'm being overdramatic in saying that the complexities of race are now polarizing our country in an entirely new way. And I think it also needs to be said that the church cannot be passive. We cannot be idle. We cannot be irrelevant in the face of this kind of trauma. And if you're wondering what that means, I think it means first that we grieve what is happening. We grieve, we lament what is happening. Black men are dying. Police are dying. People are confused, they're afraid. And by the way, to say that the church needs to grieve, that doesn't assign blame. That doesn't purport culpability in any particular direction. It just recognizes that this is having a profound effect on people that are loved by God. And so this week, when you see a police officer, maybe you have an African-American friend, tell them how sad you are for their loss. Tell them that we, as a local church, are praying for them. I think it also means trying to understand the tensions that exist. See, we live in a day when the word police means something completely different for an African-American than it does for a white person. To a white man, police is a noun. Police are the men and women that are appointed to uphold justice and to protect us. To a black man, police is a verb, as in we have been policed, we are being policed, we will be policed. It doesn't mean protection. It means the potential for injustice. And I'm not asking you whether you agree with that this morning. That's not the point that I'm trying to make. The point is that we need to understand it or else we will miss an undercurrent that is existing. See, the average white American... Well, let me say it this way. You know, when an African American is shot, a white, a white man is going to say, you know, there's got to be some kind of logic to this. But when 
Another African American, when an African American hears that an African American is shot, he thinks, oh God, it's happening again. And if we don't get that, if we don't understand that, then we're missing a, a huge undercurrent that is taking place right now in these events. We're missing and misunderstanding the tension. I think another thing that we've got to be aware of is just the influence of the media. And we must discern the media's influence because there is a bias. And when I say bias, I'm not talking about the predictable conservatism of Fox News or the liberal slant of MSNBC. The bias is the drive to make money by bending stories to increase viewership and to boost Nelson ratings. And so you can be certain that if there is an angle or a way to sensationalize a story, the media is going to grab it. And by the way, that is not in any way to minimize the seriousness and the reality of what has taken place. You know, African Americans have been told for decades that their understanding of their problems are exaggerated, and that's, you know, that's been the lever of control that has pulled to postpone change, to, to, to force people to avoid change. But, but I, I guess what I'm appealing for is just that we suspend impulsive judgments, that we suspend impulsive judgments based upon the first things we hear, and that we recognize that that can be more difficult for some than others. And I think the last thing I, I want to say, and the last thing that I think is important is just the need for us to pray. And, and this is not the obligatory point on prayer that has to be thrown out anytime you, you talk about something like this. These events that are unfolding reveal a deep and profound fault line that exists right underneath our national unity, and yet it penetrates all the way down to the human soul. And, and yes, of course, the problem is societal, but it also flows directly from the human heart and can be addressed ultimately by the ruler of all human hearts. And I believe it does have a, a spiritual component that we must recognize. There is a spiritual battle. And I think about Ephesians 6, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that there, there are some wounds that are so deep that the only remedy that's going to really begin to help is the surgery that come through prayer. And so I think we must pray. We must pray together. We must pray individually. We must appeal to the divine warrior in heaven to wage war and deliver all people from evil, to protect African Americans, to protect the police as well, to pray that God would exalt his name and his word as we, as a local church, seek to respond wisely and carefully, yet passionately, to these events before us. And with that said, let's, let's just pause and let's 
Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we come to you today with heavy hearts. Or the killing of these, these black men, the killing of these police officers, they, it, it unites us together with a sense of grief, a sense of loss in, in bewilderment, in confusion. And it makes us want to appeal to you to help our broken world, to heal our broken lives. And Lord, this morning, we're not looking to other people. We're not looking outside of ourselves. We're, we're looking in our own hearts, and, and we're frightened by what we see. Because we see the indifference. We see the fear. We see ignorance. We see our own Attempts to define ourselves by things outside of, of you. And we want to acknowledge this morning that we are utterly hopeless without your son and what he has accomplished for us. Lord, we pray this morning for those friends and family of those that have died, regardless of color or vocation those who are grieving, Lord, comfort them in their loss. And help us to know as a church what to do, what we can do, how we can be a force for good, for justice, how to be a voice of hope in these perplexing and puzzling times. And Lord, meet us today as we look together at your word and we seek to find you here this morning, today, together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.